Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. has traded in the past month three veterans for 11 prospects. By almost every reckoning and every analysis out there, Charrington has done well in terms of his prospect haul. What I hardly hear anybody discussing anywhere, though, is what I'm about to bring up today. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. If you're into football and hockey, I've also got Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins. Every day, every weekday, no exceptions. Nobody takes a break when they're in or out of season or whatever it is. We just keep right on going with all three teams. The Pirates have virtually remade their minor league system in the past year. And there are opportunities now for the people, including and notably the experts in the field of baseball prospects, to begin doing deep dive analyses into this sort of thing. And the next bad grade that I see the Pirates get overall for what Charrington has added to their system will be the first. Now, there's also nobody that's super through the roof high about it either because Charrington very clearly was leaning toward quantity over quality because that's the state of the system that Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark left him. He wasn't just missing two or three big-time guys. He's missing pretty much everyone at pretty much every position, particularly in the area of pitching. And when you're dealing with prospects, you've got to play the percentages and know that A good many of them, no matter how talented they are, will never make it. So you've got to load up on volume as well. And he's done that. He's done that. But everyone's talking about that. Or they're talking about nutting. But that's, that's, you know, that's probably not the people that are tuning into this particular program. Let's put it that way. I look at these trades from another standpoint, and that's what went out the door. The Pirates gave up just this past week Jamison Tyone, who didn't pitch at all, at all, in 2020, is coming off of his second 
Tommy John surgery. And the precedent for that, although I would love nothing more for this extraordinary young man to buck the odds, is really, really scary. Very few pitchers recover from a second Tommy John, and those that do don't go into anybody's rotation. They're limited to relief. So from that, from that, Charrington was able to get what by all accounts was a pretty nice prospect haul from the Yankees, not least of which was their seventh best prospect for what I just described. Before that, Joe Musgrove went out the door for a return that seemed to stun people around the industry with five prospects coming back, four of them immediately going into the Pirates' top 20. And yet nobody talked about what what was heading in the other direction. I mean, the Padres can be as excited as they want about Joe Musgrove's potential, but Joe Musgrove's potential is all we ever talk about as it relates to Musgrove. You can look at his his overall stats from 2020 and see that he finished with a 3.86 ERA in eight starts. He was also uh, injured there for a while. So he missed what probably would have been four or five starts in the shortened season. And you can say, oh, 3.86, yeah, and he finished really strong. Remember that? Six innings start, a really, really good start to close out the year. Lots of strikeouts, dynamic stuff. But what nobody mentioned is that in his first six starts of the 2020 season, he had a 5.74 ERA and never once pitched as deep into a game as six innings. That's the Joe Musgrove that the Pirates saw for the most part while he was here in the three years that he was here. That's what you saw. And then usually late in the year when the games don't mean as much to a team like the Pirates, things are kind of loose, and they often don't mean as much to the opponent that you're facing, he goes and he lights it up. That's what he did here. He had a couple of terrific starts at the end of the season that ended up really nullifying the first six. Now, they all count. I get that. But I've also been here through the whole thing. And the Musgrove that I saw through the first six starts was the Musgrove that I have every reason to expect going forward. But again, good guy. Let him succeed in San Jose. This isn't about ripping somebody or hoping that they fail on the way out. I always find that to be a weird behavior. I'm just trying to put an accurate face on what went out here. Josh Bell, if you choose to define JB by the absurd performance that he had in May and part of June in 2019, go nuts. I hope he does that his whole life. One of my favorite people... I've ever covered somebody I really got to know on and off the field here, wishing him nothing but the best. However, however, in 2020, he batted 226 with a strikeout in every third plate appearance. He was a mess. He was a mess from both sides of the plate. And that was actually 
a more realistic carryover of what followed those two incredible months in 2019. Charrington didn't do so great with Bell. He got one prospect and then another one who's, he hasn't been in the majors, but he's 26 years old, and you always have a hard time calling anybody a prospect at that age, but if you get him, you get to keep him for six years regardless of their age before they can become a free agent, so it kind of counts. But that's, that's, that's it. He got those 11 prospects for these three guys. Maybe it's that Pittsburghers have, uh, especially Pirates fans, I feel like have a longer memory than most because they kind of have to. <laughs> you know, you got to go back deeper into the past to think of things that are meaningful. Maybe it's remembering, you know, that Garrett Cole was one of the commodities that was traded recently. Andrew McCutcheon was one of those commodities. Going back some, it was, you know, Jason Bay and Xavier Nady and guys like that who were being sold off at either peak value or close to peak value or, you know, that are much better timed trades for more talented players. And the Pirates got nothing for those guys because the Neil Huntington's approach was to just bring in a bunch of 3A guys who are knocking on the door. You know, that's how you end up with Musgrove and Colin Moran and Michael Feliz for arguably the best pitcher in the game. Because you're just thinking small, you know. You're thinking, uh, you know, let's just see what happens at the very worst-case scenario. I mean, we know Colin Moran can hit a little bit. He's not going to embarrass us. It's thinking small. It's also thinking really, really, really short-term. Go get somebody who's got some ceiling. Go get somebody who can run like the wind and say, all right, look, we're going to teach him the rest of the game, but this other part we can't teach. Find somebody who looks like they got some kind of goofy hitch in their delivery but has a super live arm that you can fix up, meaning the delivery. Do that sort of thing. Think high-end. Think big. That's what's happened here. The fact that Charrington has pulled this off, this many prospects, into his top 30 by sending out these three guys at their point in their career, I'm sorry, that's remarkable. The only commodity that he's had to trade that's really been worth something was Starling Marte. And by every account, again, he did very well there with two of the Diamondbacks' top 10 prospects, both 19 years old, both high-end guys, both of whom continue to show promise. Leo Verpaguero, in particular, looks like he could be the shortstop of the future in Pittsburgh. They also added in the process international bonus space that they ended up spending on this Australian outfielder who's also showing really well. Again, I know nobody wants to hear any of this stuff or whatever, but at least think about it from the Pittsburgh standpoint. Don't build up Bell, Musgrove, and Tyone as if they were some major commodities just because you knew their names. He did really well here. When we come back, just one question.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. It's time for just one question. If you'd like to submit one to this program, it's pretty easy. Go to DK Pittsburgh Sports, find the article that accompanies this podcast, always out there on the homepage. Open that up and drop that question right there in comments. I check them all the time. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Open for business. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's question comes from Mike, who asks, I'd like to know how much money the Pirates actually saved that will be carried forward, he puts that in quotes, to be used on future rosters to retain talent. What is the budget for this year's team? You can you have to have that before you can say that you've allocated dollars to other years, right? The answer to the question, Mike, is that I have zero idea, and I'm sure you knew that when you asked. I'll bet that there are exactly three people on the planet who have the answer to that question, and that would be Ben Charrington, Travis Williams, the team president, and, of course, Bob Nutting himself. And that's presuming that there's some kind of hard number. That's presuming that Charrington is told, hey, listen, over the next four or five years, we're allocating this amount of money toward payroll. You go ahead and divvy it up how you want. I don't believe at all that that's happened. I, I don't think that there's something where the three of them sat around and and then, you know, signed something in blood that it's going to be that way. If they don't trust each other, and that includes trusting Bob Nutting, then they really shouldn't have gotten involved in this in the first place. But the point that I keep making on this extraordinarily worn-out subject is that Charrington was holding a really good job, a really well-paying job with the Blue Jays. He's already wearing rings. He's been to the top of the mountain. He's a young guy with a bright future who, if he wasn't wild about this particular position or didn't like something about it, had zero reason to take it. Travis Williams was in pretty much the lateral role that he took with the Pirates he held with the New York Islanders of the NHL who are in an excellent 
position as a franchise right now. They might be the best team in the East Division if you don't follow hockey. And they're a year away from moving into a brand new, beautiful arena where the Belmont Stakes, the horse race, is held each year on Long Island. It could be a great situation for that team for many, many years to come. He left there to come to Pittsburgh. Now, he's got ties here. Went to Duquesne, was working for the Penguins before that. But he had no motivation to leave there if he thought something goofy was happening here or if he'd have no chance to win. That's not what's happened here. They've been assured that if things line up, when things line up, they'll be able to spend. How do you guarantee that? I'm not privy to those conversations, and I'm not going to pretend to be. I know what they've told me, and I can repeat it, but chances are really, really good you're not going to believe it anyway. So anything I tell you here, you're probably not going to believe on this subject, and that's everyone's right. It's not as if Bob Nutting proved anybody wrong with how he handled things after the 2015 season. It was a big mistake. It's one that he's acknowledged to me, to my face, that he wished it hadn't happened and that it won't happen again. But until he does it, until he puts it into practice, he still has to prove it. That's all we have right now. I know everybody's looking for guarantees. Everybody wants to see the money that's sitting in the bank. They want to count the dollars and everything else here. First off, this team's a long way off from needing to do that. Secondly, we have no idea where the labor contract is going to go this coming year to even know if such a thing will even be necessary. And third, I can't say it enough. And I'm going to say it one more time before wishing everyone farewell today, and that is this. Those two guys didn't need to come here. They had virtually nothing to gain by coming here and accepting a lousy situation. So they must have been told something, they must have been promised something, and they must believe it. That's all I got. That's all I got, Mike. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening. Let's do this again tomorrow. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career-ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.